Hello, everybody, and welcome to Chits and Chat. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Alex Cruzzi. And today we are going to replay a classic race to <laughs> confirm that who won that one deserves the win. And that is, of course, the tear and the tortoise. Um, I'm the sorry, tail- did you say the tear and the tortoise? <laughs> did I? I? I felt like I said something wrong there, but I couldn't quite pick out what it was. So, uh, Tales and Games, the hare and the tortoise. This is uh, from the Tales and Games series by Yellow. And uh, they have, how many of those? There's Is there five of them total or six? No, you know? there's. I know there's more than five. I feel like they stopped numbering them at five oh, okay. or at the fifth one, and they've been doing a non-numbered series, which is very confusing. Yeah, in, in all honesty, Do why they still, would you stop numbering them? Yeah, yeah. Do they still all look like books, or are they just kind of give yeah, up? Yeah, they on that still too? all look like books. They just don't have numbers on them anymore. Oh, funny. <laughs> <laughs> abandon that well this these series are a series of like family oriented games with um they all look like they are a an old hardcover book when you put them on your game shelf they sit upright and they look like they have a binding which is a really cool effect um it's less so i mean it's cool but i only have this one game so i have all my games and then a book <laughs> in the game shelf <laughs> but it does look cool and i like the style that they did it uh and it even opens where it swings open like a book does and inside are all the components and they're actually surprisingly well organized for um for uh, just a basic little game. But anyway, in this game, we are recapturing, like I said, the traditional or the storied race between the hare and the tortoise. But this time, the other forest woodland creatures want to get in on the action and prove that they also have some abilities when it comes to racing. So you're going to be racing in this game with more than just two characters. The game plays up to two to five um and uh let's see designed by gary kim so let's get into how you actually play this little gem of a game how do we do this alex all right so uh what's gonna happen you're gonna set up the game it comes with a bunch of little uh essentially you're building the racetrack uh each there's a section of track and there's 10 sections of track there's a start space and there is a, a winner's podium uh, and you put all of the animals at the start space, and uh, then the game is basically going to start. The first player is the person who can uh, first correctly name what time it is, uh, which is uh, always very interesting because no one expects it. I, I'm always like, hey, does anyone know what time it is? And I'm like, you're the first player. And uh, they're very confused for a few seconds. Um, everyone is then, there's a, a deck of cards that has pictures of animals on them. It is shuffled, and everyone has dealt seven cards. Uh, and every, also, there's a separate deck of five of each of the five animals that are in the, in the game. Uh, and everyone has dealt one of those. Uh, so not, if, if there are less than five people playing the game, not all of them will get dealt out. Uh, this card is essentially the the animal that you are betting on your your animal in the race it is yours you know no one else has that that animal because there's only five animals and there were five cards for those <coughs> oh, excuse me uh so basically what's going to happen is uh you are going to try and move those animals you can move any animal during during your play but that is the one you are betting on and hoping you can make movements. Uh, right at the beginning, with your seven cards, you will also make a secondary bet. So looking at the cards that you were given, you will 
place another card face down, and I usually put it underneath that card so because they have different backs, and I don't want to have to confuse them. Uh, and you can double down if you want on the same one that you already had, or you can uh, kind of swing your bets because at the end of the game, you will earn points based on what animals got first, second, and third, and if there there is no fourth and fifth. So hopefully you can get a first, second, or third place. Uh, the game then starts, and starting with that first player, they will play, and there's there's a couple of rules. It's There's a lot of, like, if, then, or that, but also's, uh, but it's pretty <laughs> simple. So you're going to play any number of cards that are the same uh, character. So... On your turn, you can play four tortoises, or you could play one tortoise, or you could play two tortoises, but you couldn't play a tortoise and a hare card on the same go. Um, That's just the way it works. Uh, You may never play more than four of one animal, uh, and you can never play cards in a way that would cause the total number of played cards to be greater than eight. So this will keep going around. The first player will play some cards, then the next player, if Uh, One of two situations hasn't happened yet, and they will keep going around. Now, what will end that round is if uh, either four of one animal gets played in total or eight cards get played in total. Uh, Once that happens, everybody stops playing cards, and then you move on to the movement phase. Uh, And there is an order to the movement phase. All of the animals will probably move but it's based on a, another set of rules and there's a little handy sheet that it comes with is and starting from this and going down the hair will move if there is uh, he'll move two spaces down the track if there are between one or four cards played but uh, in in keeping with the theme if four cards are played and he's in first he's like I'm way ahead I'm not gonna move at all I'll take a rest so kind of thematic there uh, the tortoise no matter if it, any anywhere between zero and three cards played he'll move one space so no matter what the tortoise is moving uh, but if four cards gets played he'll move two spaces the wolf which is one of the new characters uh, basically he'll move one less space than the number of wolf cards played, except for if there is one wolf, then he will move one space. Um, there is also something special with him, but I'll get back to that. Uh, the fox, he basically moves the number of fox cards that get played. Uh, and then the lamb or sheep, whichever one you call it, I'm pretty sure they call it a lamb in the in the book. Uh, but uh, he will move one more space uh, than the number of cards played. But he will stop at any river spaces. So there are two river spaces along this 10-unit uh, track. Uh, and if he ever runs into a river space, he will stop there. So uh, if he was supposed to move five, but by the third spot he hit a river, he will stop there. He will he will move no more until the next turn. Uh, so he, he will move if he starts on a river space. So... Uh, and then the one thing that uh, we come back to is there in this deck there are three wolf cards that have a special symbol on them that have a wolf howling or the wolf howl. Uh, this is a special thing where once someone plays this, uh, usually everyone at the table will uh, join in in a lovely wolf howl. Ow! <laughs> uh, and it means that uh, no one will be moving other than the wolf. Everyone is scared in the forest and so all the other animals do not dare move. Uh, this is also the, usually the time where after it gets played, everyone gets rid of the cards that they don't want to be have to be playing. 
because uh, you are going to play your cards during your turn, uh, and you will always draw back up to six, but sometimes you just have a hand of cards that you do not want. Uh, and so this is usually the time where you'll try and get rid of those cards that you are trying not to have animals move with. Uh, that will continue on. Once a round ends, uh, the uh, little first player marker will move to the left one and then it will start with there and keep going until three people have finished the race. Uh, if there is an animal that finishes the race before all three placements are done, people can still play those cards. It's just nothing will happen with movement. It's perfectly fine to play them. It's kind of a way to stall. It's a stall tactic if you don't want to move any other animals. Uh, once all three animals have crossed that finish line, uh, that game will end and you tally up points. Uh, the rule book does indicate that you can play a, I think it's a, a more challenging version or a, I can't remember, yeah, a championship mode is what they call it, uh, where you play three games in a row and you tally up all the total points, which I usually play that way. Uh, and the total points is the, the ultimate winner, the champion. Uh, that is everything. Did I miss something? I think I got everything. Uh, no, I think that's it. <clears throat> the Sweet. ultimate champion. <laughs> that's funny um but uh yeah that is, you know i think you hit everything um the there's not i mean there's this game is pretty straightforward it is designed for families and so it's not too convoluted in any way once you kind of the the biggest hang up is clarifying exactly how each creature moves because they move differently either each of them move differently but um yeah this game is great it, this is such a fun and unexpected uh, this game was unexpected for me and how much I liked it. Um, this was another one that you suggested and uh, you actually gave this to me for my birthday. So thank you again. Yeah. And uh, and we've gotten a lot of plays out of it. And we haven't actually played it with Isaac yet. I've just been playing with this family game with a lot of adults. <laughs> but we're going to get some <laughs> plays this week over the holidays. Um, and yeah, th this game is just an example of really simple, minimal, but very effective design choices. And the fact that each character, each creature moves distinctly is really fun because they actually move quite appropriately to their character. Uh, I love the fact that the rabbit still has the effect of that. If he's winning and someone plays a fourth card for him, he just takes a nap because he's su super overconfident. And the flip side of that, the tortoise never stops going. He really is the slow and steady uh, <laughs> strategy, but you can kind of give him a little speed boost by throwing some extra cards in there. Um, but it just, it feels really, I don't know, it just feels so appropriate to see this thing, this tortoise just sort of chugging along <laughs> each turn, regardless of what happens. He's moving, unless the wolf howls. And uh, and then I really enjoy also the three other additional characters uh, with the uh, the fox, the lamb, or the sheep, and then the, the wolf. Those add such a fun dynamic strategy into the game that I uh, I agree with you too. Playing the championship series is the way to go because playing one, especially with new players, you're kind of just getting how what the strategy is for this game. It's a little, you got to play it to sort of feel like, oh, I see how I can get rid of cards that I don't need to get the cards that I do need and when and where to do that. And then when to try to um, play my cards forward. Because one of the things you want to do is not be super clear on who you are rooting for, which characters you're rooting for. So um, it's a little bit of deception or uh, bluffing there. But uh, anyway, I, I really enjoyed this game, and so I'm I'm happy to that we're reviewing it as well. So when did you actually get this game or start playing it? 
Um, I got this game a while ago. I saw that uh, Board Game Geek, the the game night people, they they played it, and it, I'm just like, that looks really interesting. And so I I immediately picked it up, and I've it's it is a, a family favorite, is what it is. So I'm I'm constantly bringing anytime I bring it, people are like, oh yes, you brought Heron Tortoise, sweet, <laughs> I want to play that, uh, and. Uh, it it definitely usually will cause some sort of ruckus at some point. I, I had uh, I've had people slam their cards down mid game and just just like throw their hands up and go no no you did not do that. <laughs> Jeez, uh, because it it can get really intense. You're playing these cards and like all of the animal it it starts off with like one animal usually taking the lead and it's just like oh god obviously they're gonna get it. but then at some point in time. Like, people are just, they have cards that they can't get rid of, and so they're just ever so slightly moving these animals that they don't care about, and it's just like, how how are you catching up, or how, I, I think I might be able to do it, and like, there's always like a, a three-way tie at some point in time for like, okay, this could this could be any animal. If this like it's it's like when you're like right now while I'm doing like, oh, okay, so for the NFL playoffs, if this team wins and that team loses, then that, that happens there. But if this team can win and the other team win, it's it's the same thing where it's like, all right, so if one hair card gets played, then the hair is definitely <laughs> going to win. But if a wolf howl gets played and two tortoise hair cards get played, then it's just like, okay, hold on, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the logistics are, it, like I said, it's a, such a simple, the design is very clean, but there is a lot to consider or strategize around in here. And especially if you know, you know, you kind of know that, okay, I've lost the first place spot, so I can at least tie for points here if I get second and third, uh, which is hard to do uh, that necessarily if you weren't pl- necessarily planning on it. Um, but yeah, there's so much strategy here on how to, when and how to play your cards because that you do or do not want to play, um, cause you can, you can waste them in certain instances. So that's really funny that it gets so heated though. <laughs> People like outraged in this children's family family game. For well, kids. I think it was one of those situations where like he had just the right cards to move his last animal, and he had played them, and then right after that, someone played a wolf howl, and he's right. like, "Damn it! Th- now my my person isn't going to move, and and the wolf is going to get third place." This. No, <laughs> should have paid attention. To how many howl cards were out and there? And it was buddy. like it was. I think it was one of those situations. Where it was like there was only he played like as many cards as he could, and it was like only one more card can get played. As long as it wasn't the wolf howl, I'm good. And then it was a wolf howl, <laughs> and so I was just like, oh god, of all the all the people, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that the those wolf howls. There's only three in the game, so they're very powerful. But there's only three that, and they may not be all played there's definitely probably going to be one or two that are played um but uh but yeah you got to pay attention how many are out what are the odds at the last card here <laughs> is going to be that one but that's funny yeah it's also a- another reason why you got to pay attention to you really have to be going all right what do they have because if you know yeah. what the person to your left has you can be like okay we can work together i'm gonna play this hopefully you'll just end it out but if you know, like, oh, they're rooting for this animal, you can't be like, oh, you know, all right, I have to avoid playing that because they're going to take advantage of that situation, those types of things. So, like, picking out what people are rooting for is huge in this game. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 part of, yeah, it's a big part of it for sure is trying to suss out what are they going for and then also hiding to a degree what you're going for as well. Um, yeah, this is, this is just such a fun game. And it... 
I, there's some just clever tension to it too i mean it really does feel like a racing game it's not like a kid's game what i was kind of worried about is it would be something like a typical kid's game where it's just too direct where you play as many cards as as you need and there's a version of this that's very slimmed down which is basically if you want the uh the sheep to go you just play that many sheep cards if you want the wolf to go or the fox you just play that many cards and that's how how they go and it strips away some of the rules but <clears throat> the actual base rules of the game or the regular rules of the game are fairly simple and i think most kids could get into it pretty easily and it just really does add a fun dynamic racing structure to this i was really surprised at how tense it feels in a good way not super like hard because there's only what 13 12 tiles of the race uh track that you're actually building tiles 10 tiles okay 10 tiles but you need them to move um 11 spaces yeah to get across you have to get them off the track yeah so I mean, you're you're. It's pretty short, but in that time, there's going to be a lot of jockeying for position and ups and downs, and of course, you are also having this side betting mechanism where you are, you know, you're you're trying to. You may want the same character to to place as someone else, but for different reasons. Like you may want them to get into first, or you may want them to uh, not get into first because you want another character to get into first to offset what they might want. Anyway, there's all these things to consider, but nothing's too overwhelming, and it's very, it's still really fun. It captures racing in a very clean way, which is just so satisfying. So I was, I was quite yeah. surprised by this game. Yeah, and the other thing that championship mode does is that then you start having like this meta thing of okay, everyone now has this idea. It, like the first race was so clearly won by the hair. I think right. everyone's going to be betting on the hair the next race. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put I'm going to put my secondary bet on the hair. Or you might have a hand that has no hair cards, and so you cannot make a bet on the hair. Or it's right. something like okay, all right, I think everyone bet on the hair last time, so no one's going to bet on it this time because they already won. So I think I'm going to go with the lamb this time. Right. Right. And so you're just like, all right, who ever, who's everyone going to bet for? How how can I swing this? Like, what <laughs> what perceptions do I think are out there? Maybe I can double down on the tortoise. Because right. everyone's like, oh, yeah, the tortoise. And you can get away with it sometimes. And it's just insane. And I that, the championship mode is so, it's so lovely. Because even if you lose the first game, you're like, I'm, I'm still in this. I can still do it. Papa needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, you do feel like, like some sort of guy on his last dollars going to the racetrack <laughs> and be like, please win. Fox. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So that's my other question: Is how often are you playing this with groups? Sounds like quite a fair amount. But how often are you playing this with groups, and how often are you two-playering it? Uh, I don't think I ever two-player it. Um, okay. It does say it, it's it can be played with two, but I I don't feel like I ever want to play it with two because again, part of the whole game is like not knowing what someone else has and it's a lot more obvious if it's two players of like oh we're basically just moving these same two animals and we're sloughing up like you can just tell in the attitude that those cards that you played you didn't really want to play those so right right you know it, <laughs> uh i think i think i usually play this with like four or five i occasionally will play it with three but when i bring it to play it's usually being played with multiple people so Sure, and I think it plays best that way. Yeah, I'd agree. Have you I've played I, many two-player games. I actually have. I played a fair amount just with two. Shelly and I have played this, and I've played it with my buddy Bill, um, just to show it to him. And uh, it does play well with two. I do think that it is best at a higher count, just because there is more. Like you were saying, there's just more 
things to add to your strategy like like you said jumping on the bandwagon of what someone else is doing um to try to you know work together in a way or um uh, just the more more cards out and play makes it so there's more i don't know there's a little bit more um chaos <laughs> like which yeah. would be which is it's kind of the fun of this game within the racing structure so two two is great though i really have enjoyed playing two it's just more of a one-to-one like bluffing game where you're trying to be very hard not to tell them or show what you are wanting so like what you're saying when you're throwing away cards and being like Ugh, those are garbage anyway you kind of have to be like oh i really want the lamb to win <laughs> even though you could care less <laughs> about the lamb winning you're just pretty sure that they don't want the lamb to win <laughs> And so, uh, like, we've had a couple times where a, a player that neither of us cared about crossed first just because we both were sure that the other one didn't care about and we were just trying to sabotage the first place um, on the uh, podium. <laughs> and uh, so it was more of a race to second <laughs> and, uh, and maybe third. But but that was really fun, too. So I, I it actually does play pretty well in all player counts, in my opinion, but uh, definitely shines at uh, three or more, I would say. Uh, probably four or five is, a, is like you said, the sweet spot. The most you can get in here is is fun or the best. Um, all right, great. Well, let's see. Uh, let's get into uh, the actual taking it out of this game. So uh, this is going to hit some high marks as well because one of the things that the game does very well, obviously, it because it, it comes in its uh, little box, a little package with the – or a little for a game, I should say. It's not tiny by any means. It's not a quick-size box or a uh, – uh, the mind, anything like that. It's not going to fit in your pocket, but it is carry easily. Like you said, it's just like carrying a book, uh, a hardcover book, and um, everything is stored really well. And on the table, the racetrack itself is only 11 uh, tiles that you're going to set up with a little starting piece and a little uh, banner over the end of the race to show where the uh, where everyone has to cross over. And so that itself can be arranged in a multitude of ways. Um, you, what you're supposed to do is you draw them out of the box and then just play them as the, because they're two-sided, and you draw them out of the box and play them as uh, as they come out. However, if you're at out and about, you can kind of manipulate that a little bit to make the track serpentine in a tight formation, or you can make the track go really long um, as possible as well. So it's just kind of how you decide to set it up within the space you have. And I really like that. I really appreciated that, the way they did this track um, and the variability is there. The, the biggest variability is just going to be where the streams are. Um, but nothing else really matters, I, I don't think, because it's just no. kind of how the streams play out. And the only one who's really affected by that is the sheep because he is um, the fastest, I think. Uh, yeah, no, he's he's the, he's able to cover the most distance potentially at once. Um but he stops at every stream to drink, and so if those are out in different plays, he's going to be, he's going to have a easier or slightly more difficult time, depending on where those are. Um, okay, let's see what else. Uh, the rest, uh, other things you're going to have are you going to have a draw stack, a draw deck of cards. You're going to have in front of you um, your betting cards. So the initial one you get at the beginning of the game, and then one you pick from your first hand. So you're going to have two cards just sitting until the end of the race. You'll also have your hand of cards in front of you, and then you'll just have a reference sheet, uh, which the more you play, you probably won't need it, but it is very helpful um, as a reminder. And obviously, new players are definitely going to need this little reference card on how each character moves. It is nice to have in front of you as well because it lists the order that the uh, characters fire off if they're uh, and that can be 
I, I don't know. Even though I know how they work, I still reference that or use it as a reference for remembering, okay, wait, not all of them are doing something this round, so which one goes first, second, third, etc. Um, and then the only thing that's going to be floating around the table is the first player token, should you choose to use it. And uh, it's a little stopwatch uh, clock type thing. Um, chit. And that's pretty much it. So for... Oh, yeah, never mind. And the podium, of course, for the end of the game. Yeah, so, yes. But uh, most of these things can just be kind of placed or put wherever they're convenient around the table. Uh, so this, I think, even though there is a, a track that you're running that's kind of centered the t- to the table, uh, with that ability to be adjusted however you need it, and then, of course, everything else just sort of being able to be tucked where you need it or held in your hand with your with your deck of your hand of cards, this, this actually really does lend itself quite well to taking out and uh, in pretty much any scenario, I think, uh, not just for, like, having a drink but going out to eat at a restaurant. So uh, I haven't taken it out too much. I've only taken it out to grab a beer with someone and play this, and so it was very easy to get this to the table. But uh, what's your experience with taking it out or playing uh, over some a meal, potentially? Um, we haven't taken it out too often. I would say it probably gets taken out less often to, like, restaurants and bars or things like that. But it does sure. occasionally come out. Uh, I think we went on, like, a... Uh, a pub crawl for someone's birthday at one point in time. And this is one of the games that we brought along and it, it, it works really well. Um, it, nice. there's, uh, you can kind of fit it to whatever you need it to do. And again, you're only, you only really taken up space by the cards you're playing. Everything else is kind of set in stone. Like, Oh, my drink goes here. Don't put anything over there. You know, it, it plays pretty simple. And you don't have to play your discards right in front of you. You can kind of play in a communal discard spot if you need to. So it, it, it kind of fits however you need it to fit basically so i yeah i don't often bring it out but again that's only because usually when i'm going out it's like just me and my wife but uh, right. if i know there's going to be more people i this it, it it works great it's perfect nice yeah great i uh excuse me i could see that though especially as being sort of a take to an event but but i'm not seeing if you're going to like a group or uh I don't know, a party, a shindig that there's going to be gaming there. This this is also one that's easy to set up, quick to play, and um, is pretty pretty engaging for its player count. So, uh, all right, so definitely hit some high marks there. The only thing I can think of is, as usual with any game, it just can be, you know, there's a lot of little pieces, potentially. So the animals themselves are actually pretty satisfying pieces of wood with uh, their shape silhouette cut out and then they have uh stickers you can you adhere to them to kind of clarify what they are but those those are not going to lose be lost easily the the only other thing of course is just the stopwatch first player and um the little pieces for part of the racetrack the uh winner the uh, end of the race banner and then the starting uh spot um Neither of those are necessary to play the game. They had just had a fun little flavor. Um, I have a six-year-old, and so I've had to find mine a couple times. But um, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, probably not going to be a common problem with this game. So anyway, just something to consider as a downside is there's a few small pieces that potentially could be knocked off the table or just have to be remember when you're setting it or picking it back up and putting it away that you get everything back in the box. But that's a small complaint and uh, uh, something that happens with a lot of games when you're taking them out. So that being said, the box does store everything really well. Once you put the podium together, you don't have to take it apart. There's actually a cutout in the box specifically for it, which is really nice and uh, less little pieces floating around um, outside of the box. So, all right. So would your mom like this game? Um, 
I <laughs> I don't know. I could see your mom actually liking this game a lot because the vibe is very similar to games that I think she likes. However, I'm not sure if she'd be up for the racing strategy of it. I can't tell if she would like that or find that like too too many things to consider outside of just like your own person winning. Uh, you've got to kind of read other people. So I feel like I feel like probably not. But on the right day, <laughs> on the, on the, the right, right day, at the right moment, I could see your mom actually really having fun with this. But I definitely don't think it would be like her game for sure. Ah, uh, yeah, I you know I battled with this for a while. I'm I'm on the on the side of initially when she heard about the game and when she was learn if she would be learning the game, I think she'd be like I don't know I don't know about this. But I think once she got through a game of it, I think she would just sink right into it. Because yes, yeah. there is that vibe, there is a lot of camaraderie going on, there's a lot of, oh, how could you play that? Or, ooh, ooh, if we we need to work together. Come on, let's let's get that guy going, you know? Or oh yeah, yeah no one cares no one cares about the fox. Let's just all move the fox or whatever. Like there's like a, a whole like system of like just oh, everyone's just so sunk into it and you're just you're you're just working with each other or working against each other and it's <laughs> it's amazing. And I think that is what she would love. And I think she could get past all the other stuff of ooh, when do I play this or how does that like well, how do the numbers work? Eventually she's just kind of get a good idea of how things work and that's yeah. I think that'll be enough for her. And so it, it I think it's going to a small barrier for entry for her, but I think I really think she would enjoy it. And in fact, the next time um I'm I, I meet up, I'm going to definitely try and play this with her. So Nice, yeah. I could see her liking it. I, there, it is a really fun vibe within the games. That, that it's just, it's just such a fun game to play with. It's really the social interaction that happens with this game is just, I don't know. It's very, it's very exciting, <laughs> as it should be for a racing game. I guess the worst thing a racing game can be is just very rote and boring, <laughs> too analytical. Um, all right. So let's see what else. Um, so I uh, take uh, who would not like this game. I think. Um, I guess if you're someone who really doesn't like lighter games, this would not maybe be at the top of your list. However, like we kind of talked about before, there's more strategy here than it appears. There's much more of a deeper gameplay experience than you would expect from a family racing game. Um, it's just the the uh, Gary Kim who designed this um, did, did such an amazing job of adding enough elements that are clearly understood so that kids can approach this but also there is definitely a depth of strategy where if you are more strategic you will probably win this game it's not going to be um down to just luck there's luck in here but it also really comes down to your having a plan and then trying to read other players and um use uh use your wits about you to uh play the cards when they are appropriate but at the same time, there's not too much pressure there either, so it doesn't feel like you are uh, in a gridlock situation where you're chewing your nails and and uh, sweating profusely over whether or not the sheep wins. <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other things that where people wouldn't like. Can you think of anything off the top? I guess if you don't like racing games or you just don't like that structure. I mean, yeah. I honestly, yeah. If you don't like racing games, sure. But this is a, definitely a different racing game. This isn't like Formula yeah. Day or something like that. And I think I've played. What was the other one that uh, Downforce from? Uh, yeah. That I've played that one. That one's 
one's okay. It's a little bit lighter. I def I, this one just has a really lovely balance of like, as you were saying, strategy and just casualness that it, I think it works great. So, I mean, the only thing I can think of is what you said is if you really only like to play heavier games, fine, don't play this game, but you're missing out, man. I like this is yeah. this is up there in my list of like favorite games I, i'm gonna be honest i'm just putting it all out there this is one of like uh, if i had to make a top 10 this would probably in, be in the top 10 of all my favorite games yeah i i'd agree i i feel the same way this is it just does a real impressive job of capturing the racing and there's it's racing games are kind of hit and miss for me there's a few that i really love and then there's a lot that are like Okay, I mean, if you like racing games, I can see why this is great, and this is fine. But I'm not going to rush to grab it. I like Jamaica is one of my favorite games, and this is very different than Jamaica, but it still has a really fun racing experience that isn't overstates welcome or is too oppressive. It's just a fat, really well designed game. So, I yeah. regardless, I think even if there is something that would give you pause of any type in this game, the unique design of this game is worth it for any gamer to at least try it once and experience this game this is this is for sure going to be a classic game i think if if more i hope more people can discover this game too because it kind of falls under the radar or it it is definitely presented as a family game um and it looks more simple than it actually is but when you play it you're suddenly like oh oh i like this (laughs) and so it's one of those games um yeah but uh yeah one of my favorites as well for sure um okay great well let's see uh anything else to entice people into it i guess like i said don't be fooled by the simplicity the simple presentation of it and it is it is more fun and in-depth than you'd expect and um let's see what else (laughs) i guess i'm I'm just repeating things we've said (laughs) the only thing i can think of is there are other games out there called like hair and tortoise or hair versus tortoise or tortoise and oh, the yeah. hair. Uh, don't don't be confused by those. It's basically the one that looks most recently produced. I think one of them, the other versions, won like the first Spiel des Jahres or something like that. Uh, and it has a lot of math in it. Uh, things with carrots and like exponentials and things like that. So I, I'd be interested to play those, but they have nothing to do with this game. So right. uh, it, it's probably the one you're going to find in a game store. If you're if you're looking online and it's, wow, this is an antique looking. No, you've, you're looking at the wrong game. <laughs> wrong one. Yeah. The other one's from like 1973. So it'll be very apparent in art style. <laughs> and uh, but uh, yeah, I, I was looking at that one before. It does look much more not complex but yeah there's it definitely is a math game for sure the other original one or the one from 1973 <clears throat> did it win the spiel the Yaris? that's that's interesting i'm pretty sure it did it was printed by a lot of a lot of uh companies rio grande uh rio grande i mean <laughs> however you want to pronounce it yeah it won uh, in uh, 1979 it. it's it was the first winner of the spiel oh wow ravensburger had a copy that they printed Wow, that's crazy. I'm gonna look more into that. I didn't realize that was the first the first taker. Um that's really cool. That's really cool. Well, yeah, definitely make sure you have the right version for sure. Um but uh yeah, once again it's the Tales and Games series, The Hare and the Tortoise. It came out in two thousand eleven. Um oh there's even one for, oh my god, there's one published in eighteen forty nine and nineteen ninety four. 
So, yeah. well, never mind. And 1978. So they have been rehashing this race for many decades and uh, even centuries, apparently. So uh, <laughs> I want to play the 1849 version of this game. <laughs> what could that possibly play a game be? From 1849. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the 1849 version looks like an advent calendar of a hare and a tortoise. <laughs> It's got these just numbered spots. That's, that's really all it is. Sort of do stuff. Did you have fun, kids? <laughs> no. Very good. Aaron Tortoise Day. Good. <laughs> good. The games are not fun. They're work. <laughs> now get back to the factory. All right. Well, I guess that's all we can say uh, about this version of The Hare and the Tortoise by Yellow, the Games and Tales version. Um, And I think you got the impression that we both really love this game. I think it is a very underappreciated gem, actually. It's sort of too bad that I I think a lot of people have not played this game or this series. So uh, I definitely hope they do. This is just a great one, especially for people with kids like me that you can play with your children and still feel like you are having a fun game experience and not just going through the motions of, uh, all right, fine, we'll play that game <laughs> again, yeah. the game that I can't stand anymore because there's nothing for me to do. Um, and uh, so, yeah, this is just a, a real classic uh, classic game that I think everyone should check out and fits perfectly into our Taking Out series as well. So um, I guess that will do it for this one. Anything else you want to add, Alex? I got nothing else to add. I've put it all out there for you. (laughs) Put it all out there. Blood, sweat, and tears right on the mic. Do with it what you will. All right, everybody. Um, Until next time. Oh, crap. I didn't. uh, I forgot to write a catchphrase for this one. (laughs) All right. I'm going to try to come up with one. Um, Maybe, oh, crap, is your new catchphrase. Oh, crap. (laughs) Well, that's my fallback. Oh, crap. (laughs) I forgot to write a catchphrase. So see you next week. I'm loving that one. That one's on the top of my list right now. All right, great. We have a contender. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye.